For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Now let's run the rule over the means test in the NRL and state of origin after the weekend. Let's welcome in uh, SEN League expert. He's got his own show. He's played origin. He's played for a 4,000 club. Scott Sattler, good morning to you. Benny, how are you? Mate, I'm very well. What did you make of the Broncos yesterday? Really impressive. Yeah, really impressive. Called the game for SEN League. And um, I felt their effort now proves to a lot of you know, rugby league people that there's depth back at the Brisbane Broncos. Mm. Um, we always see the Broncos over many, many years when they've got that baby Bronco tag and they've got a lot of those young players that are not making debuts but have only played a handful of NRL games. They just seem to aim up. Now, they lost their way there for a few years, the the Brisbane Broncos, with that. But I feel as though that Kevy Walters and his staff have done a great job. Benny Eichen, who I think has been one of the best signings in the NRL, to be quite honest, both he and Dave Donaghy with, with the Brisbane Broncos, just been able to realign the Brisbane Broncos with what we're used to. So I think all in all, really impressive. Going up against the Dragons team that were really desperate to stay in touch with the top eight and they were coming into the game in eighth position. Um, but Adam Reynolds just is a maestro. He just, he treats the opposition like it's a chessboard and, and pushes the team around the field. And, and it must be just so reassuring for, for Kevin Walters to know that he's got like a second coach out on the footy field that they can just change on the run when he needs to, because he's been involved in those big games. So all in all, Really impressive. Now we go into the back half of the season. This is, you know, this is where it makes or breaks you as a side because your young players got to be able to stay resilient through this period. Exactly right. We'll get the excavator out and dig deeper into that very, very shortly. But one of the reasons why they were the baby Broncos, so not only injuries, but origin, of course, and the late call-up by Corey Oates. And this is all because of the COVID chaos going inside Camp Moran. They're out on the training park in the next hour down at Sanctuary Cove. And as I said earlier in the program, if Daly Cherry Evans, the captain, he's speaking after training. If he does pop up before midday, you'll hear it live here on SENQ. So, Sats, the big question is, who plays 5 who wears the most famous jersey in rugby league, the Maroon number six on Wednesday night? Oh, it's, it's. I think we're trying to look too much into it, to be quite honest, Benny. I think we think that Billy's going to make all these last minute changes. And I think that's. I think you're, you're dicing with death if you do too many, make too many changes leading into a decider. Now, some of the arguments were do you bring. Reese Walsh in, play him fullback, and then throw Caelan Ponger up into the 5'8 role. Many say, well, that, that's a great move, but you've got to remember Caelan's never really played 5'8 at origin level, so a huge ask in a decider. Um, Reese Walsh would handle origin. I think a lot of the young players have shown that they're a lot more confident than what we were when we were you know, playing big games. They're a lot more confident these days, the young kids. So I think they handle it uh, quite easy. But in saying that, I don't think he'll make too many changes. I think he don't, doesn't want to play around with that that hooking dynamic that he's got there where he starts with Benny Hunt and brings on Harry Grant after 20, 25 minutes. Um, and Tommy Dearden, I think Billy Slater by the time kickoff comes around on Wednesday night, he'll make Tommy Dearden feel like he is the best player in the NRL and that he deserves to be in that number six position. Because Origin is about defensive efforts, little tiny defensive efforts that always 
always evolve, all these little battles that evolve around the origin field. And Tommy Dearden is actually one of the best defenders in the NRL. And so I think Billy Slater will just slot Tommy Dearden into the 5 position and give him a really basic role, which means that Kalen and Daly Cherry Evans have got to be the best players on the field Wednesday night. 13-13-55-04-67-736-736. You just heard there from Scott Sattler, a little disruption as possible. Is that the key? Would you like to see Tom Dearden where Queensland number six? We've had Lewis. We've had Lockyer. Uh, we've had a host of them go through that jersey. Uh, it's amazing the calibre of players there. And now Tom Dearden looks like he's going to be stepping up into that. And, and Sats, I guess this just plays into the narrative, doesn't it? Queensland, adversity, backs against the wall, underdog, you name it. It just plays into our hands. How much does that actually count for on Wednesday night? It counts a lot. If this wasn't played at Suncorp, I really think Queensland would be up, their backs would be up against the wall even further. But oh, you, you can't underestimate the the importance of the Suncorp crowd, especially in Decider. Joey Johns himself on the footy show yesterday was saying that he's he's never been smacked in the face by the noise of the crowd at a Decider at Origin when he runs out, where you know, your whole body actually shakes. And it doesn't matter how experienced you are for these big games, you look forward to them. But when you actually, when you're confronted with them, you know, it is quite intimidating. And it's going to be interesting how some of these players who have played Origin for New South Wales, but those that have only played three or four games, never played a decider at Suncorp slash Lang Park, how much of an intimidation factor maybe that plays. So, you know, you look at some of the the past games where Queensland's backs have been to the wall. Game one, 1980, Alan Smith is the 5'8". There's a, you know, a, a kid from Toowoomba who goes down to Sydney and plays for North Sydney and is all of a sudden brought back to uh, play for Queensland in the number six jersey. And Arthur Beetson, who's at that stage, what, 33, 34 years of age, playing reserve grade at Parramatta. So and with then knees you fast that don't work. Not... With knees that don't work. I mean, Arthur was busted, wasn't he, when he, when he tried exactly. to try Exactly, yeah. And then you got, yeah. I think it was 1988, correct me if I'm wrong, when Wally misses his first origin game and Peter Jackson jumps into the number six jersey and get, has a man-of-the-match performance and then they win the series. And then you fast-forward to 1995 and Queensland name a red-headed coach that hosts a footy show on <laughs> Channel 9 and he's never coached a game of rugby league in his life and is seen as a bit of a jokester and puts together a, a team of, you know, ragtag bunch of players and Dale Shearer was like 52 years of age at that stage and and New South Wales had 10 or 11 internationals and coached by the great Gus Gould and and somehow they go out and win 3-0. Clean sweep the New South Wales side who tried to save face at Suncorp or Lang Park in game three and a young 18-year-old Benny Eichen scores a try and, you know, the rest is history. So, yeah, you know, Queensland has been littered with these games where our backs are to the wall. This is just another one. 12 Origin deciders played at Lang Park, the Cauldron, Suncorp Stadium, call it what you want. Um, actually, no, that's not right because 12 have been played in Brisbane. One of them was at QE2 when Alan Langer came back in 2001. Mm. So, but, so let's call it Origin deciders in Brisbane. 12 there. New South Wales have won just twice and one was in 1994. Uh, that was the series with the miracle try. And then 2005 was the last time 
that Queensland lost a decider in Brisbane on their home turf. And I think the man you mentioned before, Joey Johns, had a night out, which uh, which is one of his rare nights out in origin. That was the big thing for me about Joey Johns and, and his immortal status. He, he never really dominated origin like someone like Wally did. All right, what needs to happen outside of the the spiritual and the the feel we have of playing a decider at, at, at home, Sats? We need to put pressure on Nathan Cleary. We saw what happened in game one when that happened. Gave him no time, no space. But game two, he was allowed to run a mark. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, in game one, we were just far more physical, far more aggressive than New South Wales. We we basically beat, beat them up in the middle of the field. And when Carrigan and Lindsay Collins came on, they lifted the intensity. And New South Wales didn't have the ability to go with them. So... It's got to be a mirror image of game one. And mind you, game two, we were leading 12-8 until Felice Cafusi was sin-bid. You know, a lot of people seem to think that the game was a foregone conclusion by half time. We were well in that game and just asked to do a lot more work with Cafusi off the field right before half time. So I don't think Billy has to change too much, to be quite honest. I, I love the inclusion of Corey Oates. He's been playing great this year. He's He's a far more mature player, and it usually happens with rugby league players or sports men and women. After they have a child, there's a lot more responsibility in your life. And and I've seen with Corey this year with free of injury and a little bit more maturity, he's been outstanding. So I love that inclusion. I think Queensland is stronger with Corey Oates in the side. And we just have to be far more physical than New South Wales in those opening 15 or 20 minutes. And then going into half time. Um, if Queensland are leading or the game is is an arm wrestle stage, that's the way that Queensland have got to win it. They've got to be willing to go into extra time and win it by a field goal. They've got to drag this New South Wales team into the trenches and ask a lot of them physically. And then, then it comes to how emotionally connected you are to your teammates to be able to come up with those little tiny big big plays we're talking about. Little in the scheme of watching the game, big when they're amongst your teammates. So uh, Queensland are basically, they've just got to roll the sleeves up and, and turn this into World War Three. Final one on Origin, can they win it without Munster? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we speak about, you know, like I said, if this wasn't played at Suncorp, I would think it would be one of our great at one of our greatest origin victories if it was away from Suncorp. But being at Suncorp and using that crowd as your, as your 18th, the 18th player, um, I think it plays into the hands of Queensland. And and we've seen so many times that we just spoke about earlier on, so many times when we when we didn't have our star players on the field, but we just we were able just to, to be able to come together as a, as a unit and come up with really great victories. If we win this series in game three, I think you know we'll be talking about this in 10, 15, 20 years' time, Benny. Scotty, you were calling the Broncos game against the Dragons on the weekend. It was great to see all of the old boys there as well as they uh, re... I guess they commemorated their 30 years since beating St George in that grand final in 1992. Outstanding. Outstanding to see them there. Uh, Some of them looking fully fit and looking like they could still play. Some looking like they've been a pretty good pasture as well over the last 30 years. Was there anyone you didn't recognise? I didn't recognise Wayne uh, Willie Khan. Yeah, took me a while to recognise Willie. Um, but in saying that, um, Big Lazo being there, of course, that was his second stint um, after leaving Canberra and going to the Bron- Broncos and winning another premiership with the Broncos before he went to Melbourne. 
An amazing grand final. Great story in that grand final was the day before Lang- Alan Langer taking and Trevor Gilmoss are going to the races before on the, <laughs> the airport to go to Sydney. And, and Alfie, as you know, hates a sight of blood and hit his head on the one of the bookies, one of the bookies uh, stands and yep. had a little tiny cut on his eye and he fainted. And Trevor Gilmoss, I thought a dragon supporter had king hit him, <laughs> so they had to try and they had to try and hide it from Wayne Bennett when they got on the plane Saturday. And then Sunday morning. There was breaking news while they were all watching TV as a team that Alan Langer had fainted at the races the day before and Wayne didn't know about it. And then Alan Langer goes on and a Clive Churchill medal performance. It's outstanding stuff. We'll get Gilly after 11 to see what his take of that story is. Um, 13.55 is the number you need. Now, Blake is in line. I'm going to hold on to Blake in just a moment. We'll get to you in a second, champion, because I just want to ask Sats. 38.12. Fantastic win, mm. baby Broncos. What does this do for Brisbane going forward? They've got the Titans this weekend, and we see that in the games above them on the ladder or the teams above them on the ladder, the Sharks are playing the Cowboys. So there is a chance to to climb that ladder and, and shorten or at least close that uh, that gap between the top four. Yeah, I think they've proven now that they can, they can go toe-to-toe with pretty much anyone in the competition. I mean... When you look at the Penrith Panthers, who are so far out in front of everyone else, three wins at the moment ahead of Melbourne. Um, I mean, they deserve to be premiership favourites. But this Broncos side, they're still learning their craft. A lot of their young players, your Ezra Mams and your Tessie News, and um, even Katoni's still trying to learn his, just trying to navigate his way through um, being one of those strike centres. I thought he was outstanding. I thought he was the best player on the field yesterday, both he and Reynolds. But mm. um, in saying that, um, you know, they're, they're playing like they're a top four side. And, and you do that when you get your, when you have a lot of your players away and you've got to rely on your depth. If your depth has the ability to beat a dragon side minus Ben Hunt by 32 points to 18, you're going okay. You're going really well. So I think what they're proving to everyone now is that when some of the players step away, they've got some, you know, really reliable soldiers to be able to fit, fit in. So um, oh, I think they're primed nicely to, to push for a top four spot. Push for a top four spot. Scott Sattler, our Monday expert on the Monday means test. Uh, let's head out to the peninsula at Redcliffe. And Blake is on the line. G'day, Blake. Hi. Hello, mate. How? Hang on. Blake, how old are you? I'm 11. You're 11. Outstanding. Quick question. Shouldn't you be at school? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You've got, have you got a question for Sats, have you? Yeah. Um... I don't like the six again rule. What does, what you don't does like the six again rule. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? Sats? Yeah, I, I don't mind the six again rule in the middle part of the field because what it, what it does do, Blake, I think there's some players like myself when I played, when I used to love playing 80 minutes and it allowed me to, at the back end of games, it allowed me to use my fitness over the top of some of the really big guys. And so it brought some of those guys back into the game. But I don't know what, I don't know about what you think, but some, one of our listeners brought up a really good point during the week. He said five minutes before half time and five minutes before full time, so 35th minute and the 75th minute, mm. a buzzer goes off. And that tells the referee that in the next five-minute period, no six agains, only penalties or sin bins. 
Oh, okay. Good no, that's, idea. That's that. Hey, Blake thinks it's a good idea. Blake, thank you. Thank you, Dad, as well, who I'm tipping that was in the background as, uh, for you out there at Redcliffe. Blake, a $100 voucher from Body Science for you and your dad to get stuck into that. It's all thanks to Body Science, fueling fit, healthy, uh, happy and healthy Aussies for 23 years. A uh, very quick one. Nick Kyrgios, where does he stand with you now? Give me Nick Kyrgios in a word what he means to you. For me, it's confusing. I don't know whether to love him or to hate him. Will I be watching him again? Of course I will. But what about you after last night? Nick Kyrgios, sum him up in a word. He was asked after that loss to Novak Djokovic, is he still hungry for more? I was going to say your first Grand Slam final here at Wimbledon. Has it made you hungry for more? Absolutely not. I'm so tired, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, myself, my team, I think we're all exhausted. You know, we played so much tennis. Um, But... I definitely uh, need a well-earned vacation after this one. Um, so I'm just really happy with this result. It's probably the best of my career. And hopefully, maybe one day um, I'll be here again. But I don't know about that. But um, yeah. What about that? The Wimbledon crowd, they were lapping him up. Nick Kyrgios, Sats, Nick Kyrgios, has anything changed for you after last night? One word, gunslinger. <laughs> In a good or a bad way? Good, in, a, uh, in a good way and sometimes a, a disappointing way. But in saying that, I'm a Nick Kyrgios fan. Um, I was listening to one of our colleagues at SEN, James Magnuson, the, the missile described, and I thought he described him perfectly. And I, I started taking him in a different view now that if I continue going into Nick Kyrgios, watching him and expecting him to win, I'm going to be disappointed. Mm. But if I look at him as an entertainer, I'm not going to be so upset if he doesn't win the games. If he continues to go through in these these big tournaments and get to the finals and win some of them and and still be interesting the way that, the way that we see him, he's an entertainer. To me, he makes tennis interesting again. Yeah, you know, without your Agassiz and your John McEnroe's and your Pete Sampras's and Co. I'm I'm enjoying. I enjoy watching him play. He makes me stay up at midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock to to watch an Aussie. Exactly, and I think most of us did this morning, even though we had to be up at five to be in here. Uh, 13, 13, 55. Do you agree with Sats? It's where we find Sean, who's on the line. Now, we were talking Tarek Sims. Should he have been sent off after two sin binnings yesterday? Uh, Sean, good morning to you. Morning. How are you? Good. What do you reckon? Should he have been sent? I reckon he should have been sent. I have a theory that, you know, if you get sent off, like, you know, the sim bins for foul play, like, it's a decided option, you know, to hit a bloke late or, you know, it's a professional foul. Like, I think you get one, fair enough, yep, you might have messed up, whatever. It's still you chose to do it. If you're getting sent off for a sec, like a sim bin for a second time, mm. you've had your chance, you sent, like. Even if know, it's, even if it's like for a different, different, even if it's for a different offence? Yeah, even if it's for something different, because at the end of the day, you know, it's not easy to get sent to the bin. Like, you know, they don't just hand about, like, penalties or six agains. So if you've done something, they'd be sent to the bin twice. Why aren't you sent off? Like, yeah, I, I think know? he should have been sent off yesterday. Um, as you and I were talking about, Benny, I think 10 years ago, probably not. But, um, you know, the world has changed when it comes to rugby league and adjudicating the rules. And I always look at if you're going to send a player off, did the player have another option? I think it's as simple as that. Did he have another option? I thought Tarek Sims had another option yesterday. Direct contact with the head with the shoulder. Lucky Reese Kennedy not only wasn't knocked out, but he didn't break his jaw as well. So as much as I love Tarek Sims, 
Um, I feel as though that he's really lucky that he only got 10 minutes. I think that I think that he'll serve some time on the sideline anywhere from two to four weeks. Um, but outside of that, um, yeah, if he got Sinbin twice yesterday, I don't think I don't think because he got Sinbin twice he should be sent off. I think he gets sent off for that for that one indiscretion. For that one indiscretion. Sean, thank you. Thanks for your call this morning. A one hundred dollar body science voucher coming your way, all thanks to Body Science, fueling fit, happy and healthy Aussies for the last twenty three years. So that's in some breaking news. You said one to two weeks on the sidelines. Well the charges have just dropped from yesterday's game and there's only Two charges out of it with one name, Tarek Sims. He is getting a $1,000 fine for an early plea for the dangerous contacts in the third minute on Adam Reynolds. But when he hit Reese Kennedy, the one he got binned for the second time in one half, mind you, the 25th minute, an early plea, one match. If he goes, wow. to, if he goes to the judiciary uh, and fights it and loses, two matches. So there we go, one match. <laughs> oh, does the punishment fit the crime there? You're no, I don't, I don't think it does. And I'm usually one of the biggest supporters of, of players um, and looking at ways that we can keep them on the field. But, yeah, like I said, I thought Tarek, in his defence, I thought Tarek had another option there yesterday. And funnily enough, I thought the Dragons played better with 12 players yesterday. They are a lot more desperate. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think he counted his lucky stars there, Tarek. One match for Tarek Sims in uh, news that have just uh, dropped here on SENQ. 693 Scott Sattler, uh, I guess this morning running the rule over the Monday means test. Hey, Sats, while we're just on judiciary, I was going to ask you this mm. end, but may as well bring it up now. Brandon Smith for calling the ref the C word, the cheat. What do you yep. reckon they should get? Lucky you said that word, that C <laughs> word. Um, yeah, yeah, not, not a great look. Not a great look. Um, I think Adam G handled it. Absolutely beautifully as a as a as a referee, he didn't mm. want to repeat it because he wanted to make sure that he was correct and that he was aiming it towards the the uh, the referee. I thought to stop it on the run while in possession and sin bin him straight away. I do like that that Brandon Smith went and sought out Adam G after the game and apologised for his actions. Um, he's not trying to hide from the fact that he was saying it to one of the Cronulla players. Um, now. Should he receive three to four weeks? No, I think that's a little bit harsh because um, because I think the, the publicity alone is humiliating for Brandon Smith. I think us here talking about it is humiliating enough for Melbourne Storm Club and Brandon Smith. And I think it's it's a it's a big enough deterrent if you give him maybe a week or two suspension and a fine and also the publicity that comes with it. And I think that's a big enough deterrent to players who know not to do it anyway. Of course, the most well, they're talking four. Is, they're talking four. Is, so you think two suffice? I think two weeks and a fine. And um, I think a public apology as well to fans and kids out there. Um, and I think that should be enough. Um, you know, I think all the way back in 2000 when when Gordy was sent off by Bill Harrigan, I mean, that was that image enough was enough to deter any player from that humiliating circumstance of, of basically – being observed as a, a bit of a rat in the game to to be able to, you know, to stoop to that length to be able to call an official a, a cheat. 13-13-55, Brandon Smith, how long should he get? And are you happy with Tarek Sims getting one match? 0467-736-736. Sats, we just mentioned about the Broncos and how this is going to give them confidence setting up after Origin and that run home. Where does it leave them pushing for the top four? What about the signing during the week of... Reese Walsh, you and I last week 
spoke about Cameron Munster. I said for Brisbane to win a premiership, they need to sign Cameron Munster. And if not Munster, who? Is Reese Walsh that who? Absolutely. Absolutely it is. Now, what it does do, it puts a lot of players on notice as well. And they start thinking, where do I fit into this puzzle? I thought Tessie knew was one of the best players on the field yesterday as yeah. well, along with Reynolds and Katani Staggs. Where does he fit into the equation? I mean, does he ask for a release? Do the Dolphins try and get him now so he stays in the same city? But I'm just starting to write down a, a backline now of what a backline may look like mm. next year. And you've got Walsh at fullback. You've got Oates on the wing, Cobo on the wing. You've got Farnworth as one centre. You've got Staggs as another centre. And let's just say Farnworth in 2024 goes to the Dolphins. You move Cobo into the centres along with Staggs. And then you've got Reynolds at you got Reynolds at seven and Ezra Mam at six. That's a pretty exciting backline. That's a that's a top four backline every day of the week. Where does Tamari Martin fit into it all? Well, Tamari Martin may be one of those players, and that's a great feel, good feel story, isn't it? Tamari Martin, his greatest accomplishment is not to play finals; it was just to get back on the rugby league field. Yeah, so, what he does now, Tamari Martin, he has sold himself to another club in a key position and get the money that he's missed out on for the last three years of where he's been off the field. So the Broncos have served him a great purpose that they'd love to keep him for depth. But Tamari Martin's best interest would be to go to a club that is willing to pay him what he's worth in a really key position, whether it's fullback or 5'8". If they have to find some money, if if Reese Walsh, and we don't know the money he's on, but if they do need to find some money in the salary cap, I mean, they're already pointing out Payne Haas, and can they keep him? They can't afford not to keep him. No, if they're going to win a premiership, they need Payne Haas there. I think by the time he retires, I've said this on numerous occasions, I think we're talking about him in the same way that we talk about Steve Roach, Glenn Lazarus. Mm. I think that's how influential he's going to be uh, in his career. So they need him to stay. If the reports are right that Reese Walsh is $400,000 a year, I, I don't know how the NRL would allow that because every player has got a minimum cap yeah. of what they would be on the open market. I, I couldn't see Reese Walsh being there for $400,000 a year. And, and Sats, I, I thought that initially, but then you actually stop and think, well, what what's he done? He hasn't done it yet. Yes, he was picked for origin, but didn't play. So he, he still has to earn his stripes as, as far as I'm concerned. They bought him and paid him on potential. And that's kind of it. Well, if you, if you pay him on potential, you're probably paying him more. <laughs> and then in two or three years' time, you might have him on a certain figure and he's actually worth more on the open market. So I'm thinking maybe his first year is X amount, but year two and three, maybe Y amount, where it's it's back-ended. So, um, but it's a, it's a great pickup for the Brisbane Broncos and it's a huge, it's a huge, um, I suppose, it's a, it's, it's not a great sign for the Dolphins that they miss out on another one. Mm. Um, and that he was only given permission to talk to the Brisbane Broncos, which happened to Scott Prince actually back in the West Tigers in 2006. He was given permission to talk to the three Queensland clubs. All right. Final one for you on this, as far as contracts are concerned. If Walsh is now in with the Broncos, which he will be, does that mean they don't and can't find room for Munster under their cap? So does that leave the door open no. for the Dolphins? I don't think I don't think yep. they need Munster, to be honest. I I think if they've got Walsh and they've got Reynolds for the next couple of years and they've got Ezra Mam there as well, I think I think they'll look at 
I think they'll look at trying to bring a number seven in uh, at the right price uh, when Reynolds in, the, in his third year may not play a lot of rugby league. So, no, I, I don't think they probably, I don't think they can probably fit Munster. All right, is Reese Walsh the missing piece to the Premiership puzzle for the Brisbane Broncos? 13, 13, 55. Uh, you can drop me a text, 0467 736 736. Stick it in your phone. It's the best way to do it. And contacts and bang, fire away. Uh, now, Sats, in about 15 minutes' time, I'll be catching up. Well, you mentioned about great stories with Tamari Martin. Well, one of the great stories that evolved in 2006 as far as well, rugby league is concerned, but definitely the Maroons, is when the headline we woke up to was Adam Who. Adam Mogg. We'll be catching up with him because without his three tries in State of Origin, that series, a dynasty may never have been born. So Adam Mogg uh, coming up in about 15 minutes. But what about you tomorrow? You've got your Origin Legends uh, untold stories on SENQ. Who are you speaking to tomorrow? Yeah, last five weeks we've spoken to players who've only played, like your Adam Moggs, they've only played two, three, four Origins and and always not in the headlines like your Lockyers and your Webkeys and your Talises. So Tomorrow, talking to Johnny Buttigieg, of course, he was one of <laughs> how good he was one of twelve debutants yeah. in two thousand and one. That entire series, Queensland were beaten three 0 in two thousand, absolutely demoralised and humiliated. Wayne Bennett comes back in, ten debutants in game one. He was one of those, along mm. with Johnny Doyle, Johnny from Doyle, the yeah. Cowboys, and it was a it was a series that, that breathed life back into Origin fans. Johnny Buttigieg, cannot wait to hear that one. Sats, thank you very much, mate. The Monday means test, Scott Sattler, part of the family here on SENQ Sports Day with him and Badge uh, later on this afternoon. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening. You can catch the show live on air on your app or online. It's 693 SENQ every Monday morning from 9. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.